0: Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one McD crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour
1: Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast I'm your host Nate Ryan I want to start with an apology and a terribly long and not very interesting story I managed to screw up the post Martinsville podcast. So uh, that's why you haven't heard a post race edition of the podcast after Martinsville. There will be one hopefully for Richmond. I'm not going to jinx who it is, but I do have a time, a date, and hopefully we'll have a recording and a post Richmond podcast for everybody next week. But in the meantime, I do have some NASCAR and NBC podcast content for you. And that is because Michelle Martinelli has decided to bail me out here. Michelle is uh, with for the win and USA Today, and also the sneak podcast, which is Is what she's here to talk about today. So uh, thanks for joining me, Michelle.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you. Uh, As we just talked about, I've been listening to The Sneak. This is the third season. Uh, I'll confess I haven't listened to all of the first two seasons, but I listened to a little bit of it. This one, of course, has a NASCAR theme, which is why we're talking about it here on the NASCAR NBC podcast And it is about a crew chief named Mario Rossi, who I'll confess, Michelle, I didn't know anything about this guy until your podcast came out. And when I Googled, I found like there was a little bit out there from, you know, I love NASCAR man, RR on Twitter. He had done something on it and I I found a couple of other stories, but amazing that this story exists and For somebody like myself, again, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've covered NASCAR for almost 20 years. I'd never heard it to the degree that you and Nate Scott and everybody have reported it. So we can just start there. You can just give us the Mario Rossi story in a nutshell on what this podcast third season of the Sneak is about.
2: Honestly, you shouldn't feel bad at all about not knowing who Mario (laughs) Rossi is because I talked to, especially in the beginning of our reporting in this, I talked to a wide variety of drivers, crew chiefs, active, retired, and only some of the long retired drivers actually knew who I was talking about, aside from Brad Kozlowski, who knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> so yeah, so Mario Rossi was a crew chief in the 1960s and 70s. He, he worked with uh, Die Guard Racing at one point with Donnie Allison and Daryl Waltrip. Um, he, he drove for a little bit, uh, was a team owner briefly, um, but he's generally considered from everything that, you know, I've learned at this point, he was considered an innovator, a a brilliant engineering mind who was very aware of, uh, safety limitations and the need for innovation in NASCAR. And, uh, you know, something that surprised me because a lot of people didn't know about him, two things that he was credited for in NASCAR, um, One was gluing the lug nuts to the wheel of a tire to make a pit stop faster, which as soon as he did it, everybody started doing it. And the other one was uh, after uh, Joe Weatherly was killed, um, he was a good friend of Mario Rossi's, he, uh, Mario Rossi decided to build a, a harness for the driver, a better harness and fasten it to the floor of the race car to secure the driver more. So those are pretty big things. And yeah, he worked with a lot of different guys.
1: You know, again, like I was surprised that I hadn't heard more about him because as you said, Michelle, like he really was an innovator. If you, if you Google his name and you learn about, he worked with some big names, like during a wall trip. Like you said, the safety innovations, the lug nut, gluing the lug nuts on, which of course is so commonplace now. Everybody's sort of fascinated by that in pre-races. This was the guy who started it. And yet he's completely fallen off the map. I'll let you kind of touch on why. And literally this is the subject of your podcast,
2: right? So season three of the sneak is called the disappearance of Mario Rossi. Um, his, to the best of our knowledge, his last race as a crew chief in NASCAR was the 1979 Daytona 500, uh, with Gary blue as the driver. And in 1983, at the very beginning, right after new year's, his family received a series of very strange odd unnerving and threatening phone calls uh all telling them that mario had died in a plane crash in the bahamas and they were more or less threatened to not investigate it any further and just take this mysterious voice on the phone for her word
1: kind of a a crazy story uh and i am three episodes in there are eight episodes and you're releasing them one per week you can there is an option to be able to listen to all eight at once if you choose to do so but i'm I'm more of like a WandaVision type person. My wife and I like watch, watch things as they are released. So I, I've only heard the first three. So um, as we discussed, I know there are probably some things to come that are going to be very interesting, but so far the first three episodes I found rather fascinating. The first one, especially as you mentioned, you asked virtually everybody in NASCAR if they knew who Mario Rossi was. And as you said, only Brad Keselowski, which doesn't surprise me entirely given that you know he grew up in a racing family that had been very immersed in NASCAR, you know, throughout his life. So uh, he probably had an edge that, you know, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, Clint Boyer, who you all asked, and they didn't know who he was. But when you started this, Michelle, I guess like when I heard that in the first episode, I'm like, okay, now where do they go? <laughs> um, because <laughs> Lowski is the only person who's heard of this guy. And obviously it's gone in many, many different directions from there. But what was it like, I guess, starting there and, and asking all these people? And were you surprised that only Brad had heard of him?
2: I was not surprised that Brad had heard of him, but I was surprised that Brad was the only person that I talked to in, you know, NASCAR itself today who had heard of him. And I really didn't expect that just because, you know, at that point I was just trying to gauge who this was months ago, you know, who had heard of him? What did you know? What, what kind of rumors? And I figured there would be rumors about this Brilliant guy who mysteriously disappeared, and maybe he was mixed up in a multi-million-dollar drug smuggling scandal that also infiltrated motorsports. And so I figured there would be some kind of decades-old rumors or something like that, or maybe some of the older drivers would would have known about it, or or guys like Chad Canouse or someone who who's a little bit more on the technical side who might have appreciated some of those uh, innovations and stuff like that more. But yeah, I was shocked that. N- pretty much no one had heard of him. And, and until I started to really go back and talk to people like a uh, longtime NASCAR reporter who worked for USA Today, Mike Hembry. he knew about Mario Rossi and some couple other people. But it was clear that you either had to have an extensive knowledge of NASCAR in the 60s and 70s, or, you know, be some type of historian. It's later in the podcast. Uh, we stopped by the NASCAR hall of fame in Charlotte and talked to some of them for a while. And, uh, they knew of Mario Rossi, of course. Um, but I was really surprised that people in the garage today really didn't know anything.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, I, it's interesting. You talked to the, stopped by the NASCAR hall of fame to talk to some of them Cause that was on my list of things uh, that i about. I want to get into that in a minute, but also just, you know, you mentioned the name Gary blue, that, that is one name that once I heard it, I was like, Oh yeah. Like I, I know he's been on Dale jr's, podcast and he's done a book. So I'd sort of heard his name floating out there in the ether as someone who was involved in some illicit activity who had some fame in NASCAR. But I had no idea that there was, what does it refer to, Black Thursday or something?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, so that's not our term for it. That's what, you know, news outlets back in in 1982 had called it Black Thursday, February 18th, 1982. It was four days after the Daytona 500 that year, which uh, Bobby Allison won. Um, and FBI was actually at that Daytona 500 prior to this. So on that Thursday, right after the Daytona 500, the FBI arrested, um, in different parts around the country, about 70 people connected to an international drug smuggling ring. And a handful of them, including Gary blue had some ties to NASCAR. And, and so the, you know, at, at that point, the FBI was very late in their investigation, but they, they did tell us that they were at the Daytona 500, which is kind of crazy to me to think that, you know, they're just there walking around in the garage, trying to see whatever, who's talking to who, who, who knows who, like what, what can they overhear or anything like that. Um, but yeah, they were all, a bunch of these guys were arrested. I believe most of them uh, either pled guilty or were convicted um, of drug smuggling charges or, you know, possession with intent to distribute and things like that. Um, And that's kind of a crazy part of this story, too, because I definitely didn't know until actually Gary Blue was on Dale Jr.'s podcast a couple of years ago that this drug smuggling ring existed and partially infiltrated NASCAR.
1: I mean, same. And I wouldn't consider myself a huge historian, but I love NASCAR history. I love history in general. And so I would consider myself somewhat well versed in big moments of NASCAR. But again, like you said, Michelle, I... No idea that last year, when the FBI was at Talladega for very unfortunate reasons, that that wasn't the first time the FBI has sent like field agents into the garage to talk to people. Just unbelievable to me. My apologies to your colleague, Nate Scott, but you know, and I don't know if it was in the first episode or a tweet that he put out, but he, you know, referred to this as like the drug scandal that rocked NASCAR. I, I sort of scoffed and I was like, come on. But uh, no, uh, it really did. Like there really were some big names. So I'm curious, like in the, in the course of you guys doing the reporting for this, like, d- do you feel as if it was sort of swept under the rug in some ways by NASCAR? Or, you know, NASCAR famously had its, its iron fisted rule with the France family and has sponsors that are very image conscious. Do you think like maybe that's why it hasn't gotten more traction? We don't know more about it generally.
2: That's something that we get into in the fourth episode. Like you said, only three are out. The fourth episode does very much have a hard NASCAR focus to try and contextualize what was going on in that world. We talk about the 79 Daytona 500 and all the historical implications of that and even go back into NASCAR's history and inception and draw some interesting parallels between this smuggling ring that got into motorsports and NASCAR in the late 70s and early 80s And NASCAR's um, outlaw moonshine roots, way back in the day, they're they're sort of juxtaposed moments, right? Because as I saw at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, um, Junior Johnson has a still on display, and it's sort of it's something that you know NASCAR might not have been proud of at the time and didn't necessarily want to promote at the time. But now you sort of look back and think it's a little bit different. It sort of felt like this was maybe swept under the rug for, you know, a couple different reasons. One being, you know, obviously you don't necessarily want to be associated with something like an international drug smuggling ring and and that's not great for your image, but you know, as several people have pointed out and it's important to remember that while a couple people arrested on Black Thursday were did race in the Daytona 500 4 days earlier, these were not big names, and actually, in going through some old newspaper articles and clips from back in the day, we found stories of Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt and Daryl Waltrip talking about how mm. this scandal was giving NASCAR a bad name. And they made a very clear point that these guys were not the headliners; they were not multi-time champions. They had all raced in a handful of races, and so they, you know, it was clear they that there was some distancing going on to say for valid reason and maybe just because you don't want to be associated with it but it's not like yeah it's not like these hall of famers were involved in this or anything like that which i think is an important distinction here
1: yeah yeah that really does as you said help contextualize it a lot great point too like i when the nascar hall of fame opened actually i saw at usa today at the time in 2010 may of 2010 the story I wrote about the opening was Junior Johnson talking about that that was a working moonshine still, that if you put fire to the mash, you can make moonshine. So it was sort of like NASCAR embracing its roots of outlaw culture in a way. Interesting that like there's a parallel there sort of here with that story as well. So. Getting to that, like when you made that visit to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, when you talked to people within NASCAR, what sort of reaction or response did you get? I mean, were they open up their doors and say, hey, take a look at our archives. We're, we're happy to talk about this. Was it ignorance of sorry, not a lot of people know Mario Rossi? Like, what was the response?
2: They, they had known about a little bit about Mario Rossi, not too much, but more so than anyone else I had previously talked to in NASCAR. What was a bit surprising was that no one really had any specific details or recollections of this Black Thursday moment, of this drug smuggling scandal that had gotten into NASCAR. And that was interesting because you would think that you'd remember something, you'd know a little something. I, I spoke to uh, Winston Kelly and Tom Jensen, and, and we sat down for a lengthy interview, talked about a whole variety of things. They knew that Gary Blue went away for a few years as a result of some of these drug charges, but they really didn't know anything about it. And certainly how this sort of started, all these stories came together, was there were just rumors that Mario Rossi maybe possibly was involved in this drug smuggling ring. Like you didn't know, you had no confirmation, like his family had suspicions, but wasn't totally sure. And so we came in to try and see if there was a connection.
1: Which certainly uh, has been part of the big hook so far. And again, like I've really enjoyed these first three episodes and that was a good tease for episode four, which probably will be coming out right after this, this podcast drops. So Stay tuned to your podcast feeds for that.
2: Real quick, episode four does feature uh, interviews with not just the, the NASCAR Hall of Fame historians, but Daryl Waltrip and the Allison brothers. We sat down with them for a really long time um, and spoke to them at length about Mario Rossi. So yeah, it's it's a NASCAR-heavy episode, more so than some of the others.
1: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, so this is, again, perfect timing for this podcast. It's a good tease to get into the sneak season three. So- I'm curious, Michelle, like the origins of this, who discovered it? It feels like The Sneak is sort of Nate Scott's baby. Was it, did he come to you or did you pitch this to him or how'd this all come together?
2: So it's actually really interesting because this is our third season of The Sneak. Um, and actually we have two characters, one from each of the two previous seasons, who do come back and make appearances in this mm. season for, you know, not random reasons, amazingly Strangely coincidental reasons. And we, and we stumbled upon this story or my, my editor, Nate Scott, our narrator for the podcast, stumbled on this story because when he was interviewing a man who was involved in our season two of The Sneak, which was about a world champion surfer turned jewel thief turned murderer, this man, his name was Sonny Gretsch. And it was Nate asked a completely innocuous question about his experience in, in being incarcerated. And he started answering, and all of a sudden got into how he got into smuggling and how he was working doing some drug smog- minor drug smuggling while working with a NASCAR team. Huh. And it was one of those that like we didn't do anything with it at the time, but Nate made a note to say, "Okay, I, we have to come back to this because we you know, we cover NASCAR and have someone on staff who covers yeah. NASCAR. And so he brought it to me and I had never heard anything about it. But yeah, we stumbled on this um, in a very strange way that someone else in a previous season casually mentioned that he used to smuggle drugs with an NASCAR team.
1: Interesting. I probably should have explained this at the top, but The Sneak is essentially, it's a genre podcast and it's true crime. Stories in a narrative fashion spread over several episodes. Is the yeah,
2: it's a serialized podcast. Um, it does have some sports twists to it. Uh, the first season was about a former football player who robbed an armored truck and escaped down a river on an inner tube. And then, yeah, like I said, last season, focus was on a world champion surfer who had very interesting life. But this is yeah, this is very this is has a a strong sports focus to it for sure.
1: And are you as into true crime as Nate Scott seems to be? Or is it something you've kind of grown to love and working on season three here?
2: A little bit of both anything, you know, if you've got if you're talking about a heist or anything like that, you've probably got me sold. I'm curious (laughs) about how you pulled off x, y and z or didn't. But yeah, this is definitely, this definitely piqued my interest a lot more just because of, you know, from the subject matter to the interesting characters, you know, this isn't just NASCAR. We have on this season, we have former FBI agents, former assistant federal prosecutors, former FBI informants. Um, There's a lot going on here. That's so much. It's great. If you're a NASCAR fan, it's great. If you're a sports fan. And great if you're a true crime fan, but I don't think you have to be any of those things to be interested in this story that has some sketchy characters to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Just curious, like process wise, I've never gotten to work on a project like this. It sounds fascinating. It sounds like a lot of fun. Like, uh, what's it been like for you to transition into, I mean, essentially, it's like an investigative type style of reporting, just not maybe as deadline or real world focused or it's more historical. What, what's it been like for you to, to go into this type of reporting?
2: It's been incredible, honestly. I've never worked on a podcast like this before. I've never done um, any real investigative journalism like this before. And so that, I mean, it's a steep learning curve, but that was really something that, yeah, I had never done before and found that I really liked it. And through this season, we worked very closely with uh, Mario Rossi's family, his surviving family members, particularly uh, his two children and his two sisters. Um, and they, you know, were very humbled that they opened up their story to us and, and let us try to find some answers for them about what happened to their, you know, missing father, missing brother. And so that, you know, it's kind of a balance, right? You're investigating and doing, going through a lot of coming through paperwork and coming through old court cases and old motions and stuff like that, while also simultaneously talking to the victims of this story. And this is a very personal story. It's a very emotional story. This family, is looking for closure because they truly don't know what happened to you know their their beloved family member who just fell off the face of the planet in 1983 and they have never heard from him since. And so that's you know there's an emotional side to it too because that's such a deeply personal story. Um, you know not just to carry around with you but then to open up to uh, USA Today and for the win about.
1: Yeah, yeah, no question. So just curious, I I know we're only three of eight episodes in, but have you gotten much reaction yet from the NASCAR world or?
2: A little bit, yeah. I'm actually, you know, for some reason, the nice things that people say when they come from people in NASCAR, that means a little extra something special to me. I've been covering NASCAR now for five years. Um, and so when when you get a nice compliment from someone who's in the industry, knows this well, and, um, you know, you value their opinions and things like that, it's reassuring. I mean, we've been working on this since August. So um, it's been a comfortable eight months of (laughs) investigating this story, writing it, producing it, and finally now putting it out for the world to listen to.
1: Well, I hope, uh, I know Brad said that if you discovered anything about Mario Rossi, like he wanted to know. So hopefully he'll be listening at some point and you'll get some feedback from from him as well. I
2: mean, he said it should be on Unsolved Mysteries. And (laughs) I remember talking to him in that interview thinking, you know, we were so far ahead in figuring out who Mario Rossi was and and what his possible connection to the smuggling ring might've been. And so it was funny, I had a little laugh to myself internally when he said, oh, this should be on Unsolved Mysteries. I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) well, something (laughs) like it. (laughs)
1: Wait a few more months, Brad. Wait until you're, you're going to hear on this podcast. Well, that's great. Final chance uh, here. I'll, I'll give you, Michelle, to, to plug it. It's called The Sneak. It's season three and available wherever you get podcasts, or you can even sign up to get all the episodes at once if you'd like.
2: Yeah, I know a lot of people who couldn't wait for the next week for another uh, another episode to come out. So you can binge the entire season right now on the Wondery Plus app. But if you're not interested in doing that, if you like a week-to-week thing, Uh, podcast episodes will be released every Thursday for the next five weeks. Now that there are three episodes out season three of the sneak called the disappearance of Mario Rossi.
1: All right. So again, if you're listening to this around the time that this episode drops, that NASCAR episode will be out in a few days on Thursday of next week. So thanks again for uh, the time, Michelle really enjoyed this. Thanks for bailing me out on a week in which I didn't have anything. I'm glad uh, we ended up with a good conversation regardless.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you and everyone else who's out there listening to The Sneak.
1: Our thanks again to Michelle Martinelli from For the Win and USA Today Sports for joining the NASCAR NBC podcast to talk about season three of The Sneak and its Mario Rossi NASCAR angle. I was a USA Today Sports reporter prior to joining NBC Sports in 2015. So for me, it's great to see Michelle, Nate Scott and everyone at The Sneak putting out quality content But beyond that, just as a podcast fan, it's also been a great listen through three episodes. And as Michelle said, whether you're an aficionado of NASCAR or general sports or true crime, there's a lot to pull you into this story. So check out The Sneak if you have some time. And as I already said, once again, my apologies for no post-Martinsville podcast. I am very confident about having a post-Richmond episode, but I'm not going to say anything more in fear of jinxing it. So... Hopefully, tune in next Monday for the post-Richmond episode of the NASCAR and NBC podcast. And the NASCAR and NBC podcast is available wherever you download podcasts. Please leave us a rating or review to help spread the word. And any feedback, as always, you can send to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast.